Welcome to the Dan and Kimberly podcast. Kimberly, I'm going to hit record. No. I'm hit it right now. <laughs> Look hard. at how much higher my voice is now, A, because last time it was quiet, so I am slightly eating my mic because I don't <laughs> want to make that mistake again. It looks very nice. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and also, look at how much higher energy I am because we're recording for the, the potential audience or non-existent audience. What a fraud I am. No, anyway, I think you're just excited to be here. This excited person here. <laughs> I'm Dan Faye. Who are you? I'm Kimberly Joy. Cool. And you're joining us as usual, dear listener, if you exist, for Dan and Kimberly Talk About Stuff. Because you like banter and learning and having yes! fun while you're growing. Totally. And I've realized that I both adore banter this weekend and I adore learning. But if I stop learning, then my specific type of banter, I'm not as useful. You're not as useful. And not even in like a self-worth way, but in a way where like I'm, I'm honing mastery and skill. Uh, That's so your crack I, cocaine. Yeah, I want to be really skillful, right? Mm-hmm. And one of it's practice. And like I said, I just feel like I've got like 14, 16, 20 hours of practice this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I kind of pooped out on practice. You're going to tell our listeners where you got practice? Not uh, specifics, but they have no idea about the conversation we just had. Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> Dear listener, <laughs> th- there was th- there was preamble of this podcast because yep. I needed to rant so I didn't chase my tail so much right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went to help family do family stuff. My dad's an entrepreneur and uh, my family is helpful and I'm sometimes helpful. It's a distinction. And, uh, but this was one of the times I was helpful. And so, uh, yeah, I ended up in some amazing conversations with both my brother and sister nice. for many, many, many hours because Canada is vast and large. And the amount of time you're in cars to get from one place to another is more than almost anywhere else. More abundant. <laughs> so, uh, you got to fill it with something or maybe uh-huh. you don't. And uh-huh me and the people in my life that I love and trust fill it with figuring out life and the universe and everything mm-hmm. in banter and growing in, and being useful and and honing honing ourselves like edges be that your values or your opinions or mm-hmm. whatever my family seems to sharpen themselves against each other in the most loving way possible and I hope all of you out there have those people in your lives that you sharpen against. I hope you have at least one. At least one. Um, and, and I don't mean that in a scarce way. But I mean, I don't think you can understand the value of something, whatever we're, we just said, unless you've experienced one. Mm. And so, so it may sound hollow being like, well, I have this person to talk to. Uh, so maybe a different way would be, I hope you have someone in your life that you know you're always welcome and will always create space for you regardless of where you're at. Because the ability to pour out your cup is sometimes enough because then you can take back in the parts you need and leave the other ones you don't. What do you mean by pour out your cup? Uh, yeah, I guess, okay, right. Because <laughs> we preambled all this. With potentially, talk, the thing, Dan, which potentially talking about integration. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think the ability to quote unquote, pour out your cup is probably the first, no, the first step is finding the space to do it. 
Mm-hmm. But if you're not, but then you actually need to begin. And the beginning part to me is unabashedly, unapologetically attempting to state and feel and communicate where you're at, mm-hmm. where, where, you're, where your current values stand, the stuff that's like you think is right in the world, the stuff you think is wrong in the world, the stuff that's just like stepping on your air hose and making you feel like the world's all crazy. <laughs> um, and instead of worrying that the other person is going to say, well, that's a stupid thing or what a weird opinion or mm-hmm. no, I read this thing on the internet. So you're wrong. I hope that every person eventually finds a place where they can unapologetically put it all on the table because unless it's on the table, uh, I do not think anyone can possibly uh, like co-create and shape those into um, even more powerful and even more specific values. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a good feeling by the way, because there's a certain level of a release because there's some, um, tension and potential resentment and potential confusion around certain stuff and if you can start unfurling it then maybe you can reconnect it back up in a way that moves you at least a a little step ahead and that's a good feeling not because progress is required but because it's it for me it ends up being a healthy feeling yeah for sure Uh, it's like dumping out like pulling everything out of your closet and seeing what it is and even if it all goes back in there's always more space. Yeah. You always manage to organize it if you pull it out and put it back in, even if you don't throw it away. I agree with that entirely. Yeah, totally. I love so, the sometimes helpful. Yeah. That would have been a great name for this podcast, just putting that out there. Sometimes helpful? <laughs> Dan and Kimberly are sometimes helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that could go on the back of the t-shirt. So the front is like the head exploding. <laughs> And then on the back, in in our colors, mm-hmm. it just says, uh, like, kaleidoscope style, just says, sometimes helpful. <laughs> Which is an awesome tag for people to see on your back while you're mm-hmm. walking. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a plug, and they'll probably think it's talking about you. And people uh-huh. find that shit hilarious. <laughs> They're like, you're right, Joe. You are sometimes helpful. And it's like, I know. I know. I try so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so thanks for defining pouring out your cup. <laughs> that, do you remember okay. where you were going? But, like, but is that is that a do you think that is a valid definition? I think so. That um that time you spend with somebody who is willing to listen without applying a bunch of shoulds or judgments or anything, it allows you to articulate where you're at. It's like putting a, a pin in the map. This is where I'm at. For better or for worse, here it is. And to have somebody look at it with you allows you to figure out where you're going without any of that, oh, I might get judged. Oh, no, my God. Just um, it allows, at least for me, to release a lot of that self-judgment I tend to have about where I am. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, and in, in my style, the way I draw people, it's also fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, cause you get to, usually cause I'm a weirdo and I'll be like, that was great and everything. Thought in my head right now is to say some witty quip so that I don't need to deal with how this is making me feel. Ah, 
you disengage with humor. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a but, I, but I re-engage by stating it without, without doing the quip. So I, I go meta to keep myself engaged. Mm-hmm. So instead of saying the quip and then disengaging, I'm like, I really want to say a quip right now because it's making me feel uncomfortable and here's why. Mm. And actually, I like that style because uh, that's how I like things to be normalized for me. <laughs> like on a date, right? Uh-huh. The first person to be like, I'm so freaking nervous. And I was like shaking and I didn't know what to do with myself. And I didn't know how to do this icebreaker is actually my favorite icebreaker. That's your favorite icebreaker. <laughs> because then I'm like, ah, me too. Anyway, okay, that's great. Well, we're past it now, right? And yeah. like what a person can, yeah, totally. And all of a sudden the situation is just like not this thing of like appearances and social mm-hmm. boistering. It's just like, oh, we're with humans. Yeah, I guess that's where I always try to get. Yeah, we're humans and we're awkward together. Exactly like this podcast. It's fabulous. Yes. <laughs> and maybe that's why we're getting all this recorded. Yeah, totally. Awkwardness together. <laughs> just Sometimes like everyone else. Just like everyone else. Totally but human. Archived forever. <laughs> totally. So you were going toward integration before I derailed you with a definition. Yeah, and I did. I did remember <laughs> that definition. Okay, good. Important though, because I, okay. I personally struggle watching people. In my opinion, throw away everything about themselves from a certain time period to tra- mm. to transition to a quote unquote better, more reasonable time period. Uh, because, and I think what some people sometimes lose. Let's say, okay, so there's two directions, right? You could either be going from chaos to stability, or sta- stability to chaos. I would argue. Um, Are those the only two options? Uh for this example, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, well, because what I actually want to illustrate is that when you move from a life that is very, very uh, impulsive and adventurous and all the things, including good words like passionate, um, s- some of that fire, I feel, can get caged or mm. quenched in, in, a, in an attempt to build safety. Right. Or security or consistency. And if you go the other direction, so let's say you're brought up in a in a family that has a lot of stability, um sometimes the break from that is to get really, really open <laughs> and flexible <laughs> and see the world really intensely. And so you're like pouring heat on this stable thing. And honestly both those transitions, I think the best possible human out of them is probably an acceptance of who you are and what lights you up and what makes you passionate as well as what makes you safe. And the, the intense, maybe even naive and totally brash attempt to have your cake and eat it too. And I say mm-hmm. that totally unapologetically. Right. To go back to your youth and capture the fire and the intensity and the craziness that you adore and are drawn to and drag it kicking and screaming into the life of purpose and stability and, and safety and like become this amazing paragon of 
of like both worlds. I think it makes you more relatable and more human too. Mm-hmm. To to have the messy parts of you and have the crystal clear, like clean parts of you. I don't and have not, messy parts. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and not put on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this a pattern you're seeing where people start either from? We all start kind of on one extreme or the other, and it's the pendulum swing. Uh, and eventually it comes toward the center. Is that the integration piece? And, and maybe it's just how people present it. Mm-hmm. Humans are so weird and fuzzy and gray. And then all yeah. of a sudden when they tell stories, it's like, well, in my youth, I was I grew up in a very religious family and yada, yada. And mm-hmm. then whatever, I went and traveled the world for whatever and found myself... Like that's a, regardless if that person exists, that is a very Western narrative right. that is spoken over the break from your, you know, your traditional roots to actually experience the world. Um, and then, but I think the most important part of that, that makes you like this amazing rock star person that will just um, be able to have the most possible impact in the way that's important to you, not the way that I say, mm-hmm. uh, is the realization of bringing back the values from there that mattered, as well as the intensity of what you found when you were out on adventure. Mm. A- and then pre- and then using that to propel yourself towards the thing you're doing. And I don't even care what you're doing. Uh, and similarly, people all the time go from chaos to stability. Um, and some of it seems to get quenched in out of the necessity of of living a of living a life of predictability um and so i think there's a higher road i think there is a road through through growth and reflection and having an amazing support system and having amazing people in your life that are also living through their values and wanting to be stunningly amazing that che- that is way harder than either of the sides of the pendulum. Right. It sounds like uh, the pendulum swing washes out them both. Right. In the intensity, you wash out all the stability, and in the stability, you wash out all the passion. And so it's a marriage of the two. Right. And so a lot of the conversations that happened this weekend were centered around me either devils abdicating for someone who was on one side of the pendulum mm-hmm. uh, or talking about my potentially naive belief that uh, there is a very interesting person within all of us that you can forge from the best parts of both sides. Do you think that person is created or is it more becoming more authentically who you were to start with kind of before the world told you who you're supposed to be? I could totally, you're right. I could totally see it as an embrace of, and I guess I prefer to state part of that that way, as in uh, you like the intense things for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like there are certain things in your life that like you're just drawn to. Mm-hmm. And also, there are certain things that just make you feel loved and safe. Um, and both of those are like things that you should bring together, not sacrifice one for the other. Um, 
And that's hard because sometimes the intensity is like naturally destabilizing. <laughs> like for me, for example, um, actually it happens to a lot of people, right? People that yeah. love to travel. They, they love that taste of adventure and the new and the novel. And it's like, need more novel, need more novel. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, how do I put down roots and be close to my family and start a family and be consistent enough for them to have a routine? So like my kids grow up with the stability of knowing that like, yes, you can live in a world where you like come home, go to school, you have food, like all that stuff that potentially causes like minor traumas and all that stuff. Right. Where you having <laughs> food is important. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and so it's for me, it's about like getting so crystal clear on the things that are important to you that, that you're just like, screw it. I'll do both. And how do then, you know, how do you know what's important to you? Uh, ooh. <laughs> I'm, so personally in my life, I've used, uh, though I'm incredibly introspective, potentially to a fault. Uh, you are introspective. I wouldn't say to a fault. Oh, what does that look like for you? Having uh, clarity about what's important. So when I was younger, it was that I would see markers of stuff that annoy me. Uh, and I would dive deeper to figure out why. Oh, this is annoying. Why? What is it about me that finds this annoying? Yeah. So instead of just mm-hmm. being like, I don't like that person, or I don't like his stance, or I don't like his his view, or I don't like what he's doing or what he's amplifying, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. So this day and age is weird, right? Because like, it's all about amplifying voices these days. Uh-huh. Get on the YouTubes, get on the podcasts, Ta-da, here get we on are. the TVs. <laughs> uh, and all of a sudden, you're just a person. And yet, you reach an amount of people that a human being was never designed to reach, really. As in... You can amplify a single voice in such a way where you're like, oh, everyone thinks that. That's interesting. Oh, you can create a reality tunnel, an yeah. echo chamber reality exactly. tunnel where which all is, the people agree. Which is fascinating because like small towns used to do that to themselves, but you can yeah. do it on like such a scale now. Mm-hmm. It's like really fascinating. I'm not even putting a value judgment on good or bad. No, it's but just, it is a thing. And you yeah. can have that echoed now from all over the world, which makes it even more valid in your mind. Right. So the the responsibility in amplification is even stronger these days mm. um, wait we're supposed to be responsible Crap. right yes oh, i had this conversation like two years ago <laughs> or something uh, i think it was with my sister and brother-in-law because we were talking about um and it's a very real thing that comes up uh i'll use youtube as an example so you have like a youtuber and they have like 30 million subscribers right mm-hmm. and my question would be and their questions to themselves. And the question of the day is how responsible are they for the actions of their viewership? Because they are just a single person doing a thing, but they have donned a certain level of responsibility because they're standing up with the loudspeaker. And the question is where is the line of people? Um, just doing whatever they want. Because when you, when you reach a certain critical mass of other people, 
you're going to run into the, from my perspective, you're going to run into very, very many different types of people that take your message in very different ways for their own agendas or for compassionate reasons or for not compassionate reasons or whatever. And I just find that type of example as the perfect modern conundrum of how we can all talk into microphones now. Mm. Because it's like, because your question was, wait, are we supposed to be being responsible? And my question is, I thought we were supposed to be having fun. Now I'm all stressed out. It's like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, So let's say this podcast, there are multiple possible realities for it. Mm -hmm. But what if 10 years from now, we have a startlingly large listenership Mm -hmm. and they go back to this one and they just, there's like 0.001% of them that decide to weaponize what I'm saying right now. Isn't that simply always going to be the case? That is my stance, but I do not think that is all of it. (laughs) <laughs> that's not all of your stance. <laughs> well, no, that's all of my stance, but I don't think that's all of the issue. Oh, okay. Point zero zero. It was it three zeros you gave me? Or... Yes, let's do that. <laughs> um, and so, so it does get interesting because we're we're living in this this world of that amplification. What was the mm-hmm. original point that got me on this trail? No idea. Darn. Because originally I was talking about integration Mm -hmm. um and so how we're integrated the history of integration how it works out in society how we lose things i don't know how we got on this tangent we're fantastic i'm feeling very tangenty today and i just followed you along like a little puppy because (laughs) because i have been tangenting for like five days straight uh Ultimately, that's where, I don't know, I guess that would build my case for working, putting myself in a position to help people be well-rounded and clear on what they are going to amplify. How that's what it was. How do you have clarity? Right. Clarity on values and what you're even going to sharpen, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And so to tie back into amplification then and bring it the other way. Uh, (laughs) it's challenging because the water gets really muddy Mm -hmm. because you have 35,000 loudspeakers yelling at you. Um, Does it have to get muddy? Uh, Or is there just a higher potential for muddiness? uh, So, right. So I would agree that um, nothing in that way. I bet there are people that just naturally have a tolerance and a clarity, like a base level of clarity. That allows for the modern era to not get at them that much, like degrade their actual stance. Mm-hmm. Um, my ultimate concern would be, and a reasonable case for integration from my perspective would be that why not? I think in getting clarity on the things that are really important to you, regardless of what they are. I think you have a better chance of aligning yourself in a direction with something that will fulfill you instead of falling into uh, listening to any one voice you've heard that's being amplified at you. 
Got it. So that clarity and your groundedness with yourself makes that 0.001 chance that somebody will weaponize what you're saying a reasonable risk because you know you're not just following somebody else's lead. It's actually right. you. Okay. Totally. Okay. And so to me, getting that clarity, while I'm not ultra invested with everyone doing it, and this isn't a stance of like, and you're a bad human because you're not taking time to you know, uncover and hone uh-huh. all these parts of you. Uh-huh. Um, I do think if you begin finding at least one of them that matters, that you would, a hill you would die on, and you you craft a, some type of purpose and vision out of that, uh-huh. there seems to be higher health. That is my experience. People, higher people that, mental health? Yeah, people that have found a little, uh, even a little bit of that clarity at least have a, a compass of like when they are on track with things they truly care about and when they're going backwards. And you don't mean literally a hill you're going to die on because somebody could weaponize that one. Just <laughs> People die on hills all the People time in this world still. And they get buried on hills. Yeah, totally. So do you think that your clarity shifts over time? Yeah. Okay. So it's not like this huge amount of pressure to find the thing for your whole life. It's these little pieces of clarity that drive you forward toward things. Yeah. And I, over time. I'm not sure I've developed an opinion that I'm willing to state on if your core values can radically shift over time or not. Uh, so I do not have a strong opinion on that front. Uh, <laughs> you do? <laughs> I, I do not. Okay. I was going to say, I thought you just said you didn't. Um, hmm. So it wouldn't be more like building on a foundation you aren't even aware you have as you find these little pieces of clarity that accumulate to build the mountain that is your life. Yeah. Uh, I think that's very poetic. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> just trying to make sure I'm understanding what you're putting out there. To me, that makes sense because. And the rewarding thing about that is then if you can find places where you can pour all those out. So I've just been to like Crystal Rock and Jam shows. So in my head, I'm thinking of like, you have this like bowl full of like water and dirt and crystals and gems and stuff. And if you pour them out on a table, you can actually like sift everything out and like wash the crystals and stuff and like Mm -hmm. get them clearer and more obvious to you. Because even for me, who like likes to spend a lot of time in my head, it the uh, the things I care about don't really come to life until I I'm articulating them to another person and not be persuasive. What was the word I was using? Um, I can tell if I have emotion and a vested interest in something that actually matters if I'm being compelling. Oh, if you hear yourself starting to convince. Yeah. Yes. My master coach says I do that sometimes. She says you're getting salesy. (laughs) You just get to offer people things and they get to decide. If you're selling it, then you're, you're still, your thinking is still messy around that particular topic. So that's one of my external markers when I start Ah. getting compelling, like you said, oh, maybe I don't have clarity around this one. Good to know. So in integrating in life, it's bringing two pieces of yourself together as you go from those pieces of clarity. 
So like for an example, somebody could start really wild. They have clarity around, I'm doing this thing, I'm passionate. And then they swing to the other side where they have clarity about needing stability because now they want a family. And the integrating is having clarity about how to bring those two together. And that takes time. And it usually, in both cases, so this tangents too, in both cases, I think the sides of the pendulum reinforce some type of scarce thinking. Ah. And when you get to the middle, I think it gives you more ground to be less in survival mode and more in an abundant creative mode, regardless of what you end up creating. Okay. What is scarce mode? You've said that a couple times. What is scarcity? For those of you who aren't totally in the personal development. We're defining mode. things. I We're know. Good. We're being responsible. <laughs> Try We're being responsible communicators. They might weaponize it. We're scarce. There's no water. Uh, scarce to me is, well, I want to relate different. Um, Pour out your cup. Come on, Dan. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. <laughs> hey, Kimberly. Ta-da! Here's the definition of, <laughs> of scarcity. Uh, in the simplest sense, I would say that scarcity relates a lot to base survival instinct. So, it to me, it draws upon uh, a need to collect and get to be safe. Mm-hmm. So so it's a yeah. uh, and and not and once again I actually am a weirdo so I don't put a lot of moralistic or ethical energy on stuff. Uh so all I mean is there there is a, a uh at least partially a drive of getting more and taking. Mm-hmm. And abundance so like more partying, more doing the wild thing. Yes. Oh wait, no, stability, more stable, more stable. Let's build a house. Let's let's, let's build a walled garden that can never fall. Let's right. build a castle. Um, because you don't know when it's all going to end or when it's, there's always a fear piece with the scarcity. Right. And so on the flip side of that, to me, abundance is ultimately being to approach the world in a space where, okay, so what I always learned in seminars, I'm trying not to like, here's the thing. Just be you, Dan. You're great. I I am great. And part of my greatness is that I don't always like amplifying words and phrases from groups of people, even groups I love. Mm-hmm. So, dear listener, the classical <laughs> definition of abundance uh, to me is um, operating from a place of enough, mm-hmm. having enough, being enough, yada, yada, whatever. But let me break that down even simpler because what does enough mean? Uh, what does enough mean, Dan? Right. So, so to me, <laughs> abundance truly means that you're in a space where ultimately you give, you give of your skills, time, and energy freely and abundantly mm-hmm. um, and unapologetically. I guess that's important. Oh, unapologetically. And so, also not expecting something in return. It's not an exchange. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but then, so the thing that always put me in a paradoxical conundrum in all the times that I talk about <laughs> scarcity and abundance in all mm-hmm. the courses and other garbage I've done, uh, is I can't 
I have never been able to, and I may never be able to operate 100% in abundance, never expecting anything ever. And so I would shoot myself in the foot because I'd be like, just that crappy, needy taker mindset, yada, yada, whatever. Um, and so I think it's a progressive realization of, of a way of viewing the world. Agree. And I think that's a note I want to embed directly in this podcast, which is like, I think that growth and self-realization is about steps towards your ideal, but not embodying whatever perfect platonic thing you have in your head about. Because it's so easy. It's like dreaming. It's like having a dream of something you want to do. It's so easy to pop that bubble and, and lose the, lose the air in your tires about like, I want to go and, have this big company or have this amazing family or create this thing. And I think that growth and realizing your potential is the same thing. It's so easy to be like, okay, practice and abundance doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the, in the back of your mind, you know, the gremlins or whatever you call them are, are just like, that wasn't very abundant. That was awful. You're never mm-hmm. going to do this thing. And all of a sudden you're like, yep, I guess I'm not a growing person. I guess I, you know, there's no path. You start self-flogging, you yeah. lose your momentum, you stop it's even trying. so easy to lose momentum. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things that you and I talked about a lot in the past. It's like, it's about small steps. Yes. Any small Incremental. step. Incremental yes. improvements over time. Right. Yeah. And being okay with not having perfection ever. Right. The only people who are done growing are in the ground. <laughs> yes. If you want to have arrived, that's like a dead people thing. <laughs> and, and we'll all get there. You'll all get there. Don't so, worry. So you don't even need to worry about it. Exactly. You could be totally abundant about knowing you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I don't think any of these terms that we're defining necessarily live in a vacuum. Like you're never really all the way scarce or all the way abundant. It's just a way of framing how you see, how you're behaving. Oh, is this an abundant mindset do i feel like there's enough here or am i feeling grabby am i trying to grab all the things whatever it is all the ideas all the experiences all of the stability because that is it's a different thing than if you're just building a home because it's what you want and you're grounded and you have clarity about it than grabbing all the things it goes all the way back to clarity it's not reactionary i agree i agree Good stuff. Do you have a um a thought exercise that our listeners could try with um either integration or abundance or scarcity? Uh I'll think of one for abundance and scarcity later. And maybe we put it in the podcast notes. <laughs> there we uh, go. Though that one's not so hard. That's like the classical personal growth examples, and I don't want to butcher one in voice. Okay. Uh also Classical technical examples of practicing giving and taking to me are really boring. So I'm also being incredibly selfish. <laughs> Dear listener, you can think of those on your own. You know that taker in your family. Do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but then you also know the giver who's doing that from scarcity. I know. Okay, so that's the mind hack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to go there. We're not? Well, because you're right. You can do both from weird places. Mm-hmm. Specifically, it's easier uh not easier it's more deceptive to be on the path of embracing abundance and yet 
be like uh sabotaged or have the rug pulled out from under you from like your your habits or your other vices um can, can you flesh that out what do you mean so like uh so i said the word giving and then mm-hmm. you're like well i give a lot and i still feel like trash i seem to give too much of myself mm-hmm. um and that's not it's unfortunate that those are the same word because mm, it. it's not what i meant ah. so like I kind of mean giving as in giving a gift, but what what it actually means when you're talking about abundance is that like you are in a place of creation. Mm-hmm. You are a force walking through the world that is acting in the interest of everything that's really important to you. And through that, you're creating some type of change. I would say positive change. That's how I look at my life. Mm -hmm. I walk through the world and attempt to be a force of positive change. And whatever that looks like, whatever that transfer of energy looks like, whatever that transfer of thought or feeling looks like, that is given unapologetically and without strings. Um, And I don't need to put a bow on it and I don't need to wrap it and it doesn't need to look like cold slaw at a family reunion ew right (laughs) um it's just more me trying to walk through the world and add to it Mm -hmm. instead of survive it (laughs) ah survive it so a big distinction yeah and, and it's tricky like your own line is there a lot of people have more more capacity for giving than others maybe Mm-hmm. Uh, and what it looks like for them may be like amped up to what it looks like for me. But the point is people be attempting to be in a space where you are putting energy out in the world in whatever form that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then drawing from examples from my head from the conversations like baking bread or that I enjoy coaching and helping people sharpen their current stance mm-hmm. and values or whatever, creating an environment to bring your family together. Yeah. Watching people's heads explode versus creating stability for your kids versus. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to look different for everybody. Exactly. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're all cool. I I mainly want people feeling empowered enough that they have energy to give away. Yeah, totally. And I don't care who they give it to or why. Makes no difference to me. That's their business. Exactly. I'm a big fan of keeping my nose out of other people's business, even though I do it sometimes. I have to slap (laughs) myself. Stay out of their minds. They get to have their own thoughts and things. Good plan. Okay. Okay, but I'm doing a thought experiment now about integration. Okay. Because those were boring, though I talked about it anyway. Okay, <laughs> this is an actual thought experiment, though. Okay, um, bring it. I think that a fun thing to do would be to think of all the memorable chapters of your life mm-hmm. and just appreciate your favorite part of them that you would love to live again and again and do it, do it without judgment. So just be like, it was super cool when I was doing whatever. And I was, you know, I was doing all these dates and life was crazy, but I had some really amazing nights and it was fantastic. And like that feeling of the adventure and the risk and the danger of the world was intoxicating. 
that's how I look at things that I really love in my life. Because I'm actually ridiculously straight arrow and I don't drink or do drugs. Weird. Uh, and yet I talk and act like this. Super weird. <laughs> you don't even drink caffeine anymore. Ah, uh, no, I'm back on that wagon. <gasps> Wait to out me on recording. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I, he even does caffeine. He's such a... Yes. So I, I am on supplements, Lister. Yeah. Sometimes I take these... these uh, beans that are grown all across the world and they're ground up and put in liquid and when you drink them it it adjusts your mood it makes you more awake <laughs> even though in reality you should be getting more sleep and eating better that's funny that's my uh that's my soapbox for the day uh they're also really tasty you go through the chapters of your life. Would you recommend people actually write this down or just think about it? Uh, no, dude, write stuff down. Okay. And so let's say I'm doing this thing. I write down a chapter in my life and I'm like, ooh, this was amazing and fun. This activity generated this emotion. Is it the emotion that you're pulling out, pulling that sense of adventure? Or are you actually talking about replicating that activity? Because some of them are going to be in conflict. Right. So um, the space I'm in right now is sometimes those activities, an exact carbon copy of them may not be realistic. Mm-hmm. Sustainable. To, to replicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, I think that the draw to that specific emotion that had you fired up, regardless of what it is, like I get mm-hmm. fired up in conversation like this. Mm-hmm. You do. <laughs> um, and so selfishly, I want to create more patterns in my life that replicate this in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, which I'm apparently already manifesting because yeah. this weekend was like this. And now I also have this mm-hmm. like weekly, which is great. Let's do more. Let's do more. Um, that said, it's because, and you know this about me, but like, I like to play. You do. Uh, I like to play with ideas and I like to play with thoughts and I like to banter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, in certain chapters of my life, the banter looked like this. And to me, it's not, and that's helpful. That's a marker of like what it looked like. Um, like I was at university and I always had an extra hour before class. So I had a best friend and we could like discuss life, the universe and everything. Um, or when my sister was younger, whenever I visited from Ontario, um, we would always spear it away for a couple hours and walk around the woods and catch up on life. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those ways, those were early times when I was honing this craft. Except it looks different now. I mean, I'm doing a podcast, which is weird because I didn't do a podcast right then. And I certainly wouldn't have wanted myself recorded. That sounds awful. <laughs> Could have uh, been amazing. You'll never know. Yes, I, totally. Okay, so for you, I could totally butcher this. Um, there's always been this part of your life where you play and you banter. But your pendulum swung to the other direction and you got really kind of serious about personal growth. And so yeah, when totally. you integrated those two together, you went, oh my God, I can grow and play. Let me put those two together. What was I getting from growing? What was I getting from playing? Can I marry those two together? And so you're integrating the way you play with ideas into your personal growth instead of all of the shoulds and the pressure and the scarcity, maybe. Now you're playing. And so those things are integrating into your life. And so you're encouraging people to do that with the chapters of their life. What were the amazing things about this piece and this piece and this piece and start being curious and playing with integrating those pieces together and creating the best of all of those chapters now. 
that. Okay. Because for, sure. because for me, that mm-hmm. synthesis allowed me to feel like myself while doing something I loved. Right. Instead of sacrificing, because I'm always going to be a playful weirdo right. that chases a thousand stuff. And I'm also always going to be naively, potentially, uh, growing and trying to learn more and right. trying to uh, integrate and introspect and adjust and throw away beliefs and grab new ones and do this whole thing. And yet either one of them was making me miserable. Right. In isolation. It, because playing without purpose, I was just feeling really frivolous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't getting the sense of fulfillment or the rise. Cause even after the zillions of hours I've been doing talking about important stuff this weekend, I still have the energy to be like this <laughs> because this still puts me in this space. And uh-huh. so, so I feel like I'm doing an important thing. Um, and so similarly, anyone should be able to look at parts of their lives. My concern ultimately is that people brush certain parts of their lives under the rug because they're either ashamed or it's, it's not them anymore or any of that stuff. And yet there was likely, I'm a strong believer that in any chapter of a person's life, people did what they needed to do. And it was the most obvious thing for them to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the immersion, um, whatever right. it was. And, and so figuring out what that was, like what the, what the thought and feeling that made all that stuff happen and trying to capture if you still have patterns of that now, mm-hmm. like the useful patterns of like, man, I like flew across the country on a whim to do mm-hmm. like this thing. And then you realize like for the last 10 years of your life, you haven't been that spontaneous. And then you're like, well, I'm just not spontaneous anymore. Like I have a family and I have to do this thing and I'm a, I have real life now I have work and how can I possibly take the time off? And I'm not even saying that. That's why I don't care about what you did. I don't care about like the past exact action. Mm-hmm. It's more that there's no reason why that amount of that wonder and adventure and anything else that you had at a certain point in your life you can't find other ways to bring it to the now. Like, I, I don't like people surrendering to life. I want them to have their cake and eat it too. I, I want us to do both. Like, so instead of throwing out all of your CDs, you go through and you pull out the ones from the CDs that are still useful, that you still love to listen to. And you yeah. put them all on a mixtape now. All the best parts of you from that part of your life and this part of your life, you pull them all together into yeah. one amazing soundtrack. And then you blare the music and dance. And dance. That, there you that, go. That's that'll it. That'll be the hope. That'll be the hope. That'll be the hope. So there's your thought experiment, dear listeners. Yeah. And, <laughs> Create and, a mixtape of your life and integrate all the best parts of you into who you are now so that you're creating more joy and not being so serious. I told you that you'd be the one that had this all locked today. <laughs> okay, that's I, it. We're done. I'm too tired to be that poetic. <laughs> So thank you, Kimberly, You're welcome. for carrying the important part of the podcast. I just wrapped it up and I just put the bow on it. <laughs> nice. Okay. We'll see you I next week. I think we're up for now. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>